A Time of Grace production. This is C.L. Whiteside, and you are listening to the Non-Microwave Truth. One of the first episodes I ever did, I shared with you my love for pecan pie. And I used to love to go to Baker Square and get it. But all the Baker Squares in the Milwaukee area, they closed down. And I asked the audience, I asked you, what's a great pie place? And shout out to Jess. Jess told me about Mr. Dyes, and I finally had the chance to make it there and get a pecan pie. And she was right. The pie is good. Now, I don't know if it's beating Baker Square, but... Nah, it's not beating Baker Square, but but it was good. It's a reliable place that I can go to to definitely get a pecan pie. And they have some other food that I definitely got to go check out, too. So, shout out to Jess. You're the MVP for putting me on and letting me know about Mr. Dye's Pie Place. And that's one of the things I enjoy about the podcast. The different interactions that I have on Instagram or Twitter or sometimes people will email me. I love it. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Now, for our first world problem question today, I got to break some things down. It's a little more of a heavy topic, but it's definitely a good question. Now, you might have heard about the former NFL coach, John Gruden, whose emails came to the light. And he had a bunch of email exchanges with homophobic comments, um, I think like half naked women, some things that a lot of people took as racial slurs. And he pretty much was forced to resign because of this. Now. There are two black men, Tony Dungy and Randall Cobb, not Randall Cobb, Randall Cunningham, who is a pastor now, was a former NFL quarterback. They didn't come to his defense, but they said that they forgive him and they did not necessarily think that he was he was racist. And boy, oh boy, because they said that black Twitter went off on them. Black Twitter went crazy on them. Also, the current quarterback on the Raiders, that was the team that John Gordon was coaching. He didn't kind of he didn't come to his defense, but he he did show love and compassion to John Gruden and say that he forgave him. And Derek Carr said this. That's the quarterback. He said, it's hard because I love this man so much. I have family members that have done things. I think more than anything, coach needs people to love him. But at the same time, what's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. Now, I think all of these men are attempting to have a Christ like approach and be forgiven. And Derek Carr was consistent with this when something just happened this past the past week. By the time you hear this, this might be a couple weeks past. There was a wide receiver in the NFL by the name of Henry Ruggs. He got arrested for a DUI. He was driving. I read something that was like 156 miles per hour. And he killed a woman while he was drunk. And Derek Carr said this about Ruggs. He says, I will always be here for him. That won't change. And I will prove that over the course of time to him, not to anybody else, but he needs people to love him right now. He's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now, and he needs to be loved. And if no one else would do it, I'll do it. Now, what do you think when you hear this? Like, Do you get angry? Do you get mad? Do you think they're trying to give these people a pass? Because I surely don't. And Bomani Jones, who's one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, after Carr had had like a compassionate response for Gruden, and then after he had a compassionate response for Henry Ruggs, despite him killing a woman. And Bomani Jones tweeted this. He said, Carr caught hell for what he said about Gruden, 
but he's clearly a man who believes in the power of forgiveness and not turning his back on folks in these times. Even if he's not as mad as I might want him to be sometimes, I get it. And a lot of responses on Twitter were like, how can you show this man compassion when he did this horrible thing? What about the family? Why should it be about this person? And the big thing that people on the other side were trying to get at is hating him would not bring that person back, unfortunately. And at the end of the day, he's still going to have a major consequence. Like he is going to have a very, very big consequence. And someone identified these all these men as Christian and especially Derek Carr. And an interesting response that I saw was this. And this is the reason why some people don't like Christianity. And the response was this on Twitter. It said this. It said instant forgiveness leads people to repeat abuse. It's a moral hazard. It's what make Christianity the religion of habitual offenders. Why avoid bad behavior if you can simply be absolved no matter the offense? And the thing that I really, really want to get at is that people act like you can't think someone is wrong and forgive them like you can do both. People want to withhold forgiveness and act like they haven't ever needed it. And I had an episode called the cancel culture effect that you definitely need to check out if you haven't already. And Bomani Jones kind of summed everything up. He said, guys, he messed up royally and in a way that can't be smoothed out. He did something reckless and awful, and they're going to try to put him under the jail. No one needs to worry if he's going to pay. But his friends, I can't judge them for worrying about him. Someone has to. And in our era with social media and our cancel culture, how many times do you think they would have tried to cancel Jesus? Because I'm guessing he would have gave responses like Tony Dungy or Randall Cunningham or Derek Carr. And this is our first world question today. How many times do you think they would have tried to cancel Jesus if he was in our era today? I think it would have been like a monthly occurrence. But I think he just wouldn't have cared. I think he'd have that like Dave Chappelle on perfect steroids type swag. And he would just keep loving people and being compassionate and being forgiving. And I just want to highlight something. Part of forgiving someone is stating that you think they're wrong, but you're just not going to hate them. Forgiving someone doesn't say that they aren't wrong. It just says that you aren't going to hate them. And even more so, you're acknowledging that you have needed forgiveness. So like Jesus said in John 8 verse 7, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And this is our first world problem. Let me know your thoughts. Instagram or Twitter would love to talk to you about this. How many times do you think they would have tried to cancel Jesus in our world today? It is dinner time. No discipline, no freedom. That's the title of our episode today. And we're going to use a quote from my book, Champ Talk. The quote is this. A man who sees discipline as a restraint to his freedoms is a man who will ultimately limit and rob himself many freedoms of life. And I'm going to give you a few examples of what I mean. I hear my students talk all the time about how they want more freedom and they're not a little kid anymore. And a big thing they bring up is them having a curfew and their parents putting them on a certain time that they should get home. And it's like, if you had good discipline to make good choices and to not be out all night, 
or be in some bad places and actually had the discipline to bring your butt home when you actually are tired or you had the discipline to take care of your business first and not just worried about running the streets. I'm guessing your parents would give you a little more freedom. Or this is another one I hear. People will look at someone else and say, you just get the freedom to eat whatever you want. I can't stand it. And it's like you might not understand the discipline that this person has to one, not be eating five, six meals of, of fast food. So when you do see them eating, it's not that big of a deal. And you also probably don't see the discipline that they have to actually work out. And I'm talking about those completely drenched hour long plus workouts where you're just stanking and you're, you're dripping with sweat. And you're doing this like five times a week. But I, I, I just can't work out that much. I mean, I'm not taking a shot at you, but don't expect to have the freedom to eat whatever you want to eat then. That's just how it is. You you can't have the discipline to work out and to grind like that. Then you can't eat whatever you want. Sorry, I didn't make the rules. Or how many of us are guilty of just like, man, I wish I had more financial freedom. Breaking news. Financial freedom can only take place if you have financial discipline. You can't always just spend whatever you want. You might have some times where you can do that or you might have some categories where you can do that, but you can't do it in any and every category all the time. That's how you end up broke. You can be a millionaire and still end up broke because you didn't have financial discipline. More money doesn't mean all the time more freedom. In fact, sometimes it means even more discipline. And bottom line, the times of discipline need to be more and bigger or greater than the times of freedom, even financially or especially financially. But what about spiritual freedom? Like, do you feel like you actually have spiritual freedom? And I know a lot of times this is why people don't like Christianity or they kind of create their own God or their own way and say, you know, I'm spiritual. And when you get to talking to them, they kind of have picked and choose different religions and piece them together to kind of fit what they want and try to get their own personal freedom. Or they look at Christianity and say, man, that's way too much, way, 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 way too much. It takes way too much discipline to be a Christian. The Ten Commandments, I got to follow all of those. You, you telling me I got to wait to have sex? You telling me I can't get drunk or get high? you telling me I'm supposed to turn the other cheek and let people run all over me? I can't lie to you. Christianity looks looks boring. It looks lame. Like, you can't have any fun being a Christian. That's what a lot of people think. They think they're going to miss out on so much. Or they just think Christianity is a life of the weak, and I'm not weak. And I definitely have heard people say something like, religion is just to control you or to manipulate you. But, but I completely disagree and I'm going to tell you why. Christianity, being a follower of Christ, it's here actually to give us freedom. It's actually here to give us freedom. Because you have to understand, a man who sees discipline as a restraint to his freedoms is a man who will ultimately limit and rob himself many freedoms of life. You cannot have freedom without discipline. Some of my athletes have been like, hey, coach. You know, I want the freedom to play the whole game. I want the freedom to to do whatever I want in the game. And it's like, but you haven't had the discipline to prepare. You haven't had the discipline to actually work out and be in a position where you can play the whole game. 
you haven't had the discipline to get in the gym and get those shots up, son. I'm not giving you that freedom then. And it could be a curfew or let's say it's even a job. If you don't discipline yourself, someone else is going to be forced to discipline you. But I just want freedom. I just want my freedom. Let me be free. Freedom with no discipline will eventually equal disaster. And it's the exact same spiritually. Big Sean, one of the most underrated rappers in the game to me. Hold up. Let me stop right there. This is not like some Christian rapper or anything. So I'm not vouching for him or saying, hey, go check out all his music. But what I did want to do is just point out some some lyrics where he was talking about him having discipline and that discipline allowed him to have a different freedom. And he's comparing this to a friend or a group of men who seem to have the freedom to go and mess with whatever, go and mess with whatever woman they wanted to, who pretty much seemed to be living the single player life. And they were kind of trying to brag to Big Sean about living that, living that type of life, the slinging and banging type of life. And Big Sean said this, hey, at least when I hit the doctor, I'm carefree with no plan B's. You probably never got tested and have that type of clarity. I'd rather live my life with that lifetime guarantee. So pretty much what he was saying is he had the freedom to not worry about an STI. He had the freedom to not worry about some random chick becoming pregnant. He had the freedom to go to sleep at night and not worry about somebody cussing him out or even worse, cutting him. And why was that? It was because he had the discipline to remain faithful to his wife. And this is the thing. There are certain freedoms like this one Big Sean is talking about that if it gets taken away, all of a sudden you realize like, man, that is beyond valuable. I never realized how valuable it was. Now, I want to give you a Bible passage. Now, this comes from Hebrews 12, verse 11. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And aren't we all guilty of wanting that harvest and just like wanting to skip the discipline part, wanting to skip the pain part? And we lack self-discipline. And being a coach and coaching multiple sports, there are so many times that I see athletes who don't reach their full potential. And potential is a nice way of saying you're not as good as you should be or could be. And it comes down to self-discipline or lack thereof, I should say. And what we have to realize is that all of us are being trained by something, but, but it might be a horrible training program that's not going to produce the harvest of righteousness. Pick your discipline or the disciplines of this world will pick you and have you out here looking rough, looking bad, real bad. And just talking to a number of different people, I don't know how I have these random conversations with people, but I've heard people say something of the nature of, you know, I don't want to be conditioned to believe in any religion or any God. But people don't realize that believing in nothing is still a belief in something. If people aren't disciplined or, as some might say, conditioned by a religion or a book like the Bible or philosophy, that just means people have created a God of their own liking. A God which gives them the moral compass or rules in their life that they have chose. That discipline is not going to produce a harvest of righteousness and it's definitely not going to provide peace. Not the type of peace that I'm talking about. Well, what you talking about then, CL? 
with the discipline of Christianity, there is a type of freedom and a type of peace in my life that that is actually kind of hard to describe at times. But I'm going to attempt to try. And the first fear that I have is that I don't fear death. Have you ever seen people get asked questions about death or like what's going to happen to them after they die? Man, some people get so uncomfortable because they really don't have a clue or they really are actually terrified. Because, I mean, wouldn't you be terrified if you did not know? If I die today, I'm happy how my life turned out. And I can tell you now, I'll be in heaven partying with Jay. I'm talking about Jesus in case you didn't catch that. And I have the freedom to not care about a lot because... You realize that not a lot of things are our life or death. This is not my home. This is not my final place. This is not where I'm going to spend most of my my life. And with both of these, that comes from the discipline, the discipline of God, the discipline of biblical truths. But even from an earthly perspective, I have the freedom to enjoy pain. I don't know if I should say enjoy pain. Enjoy is the right word. But what I mean by that is just understanding that. Any pain that I have on this earth, there's an opportunity for me to grow or there's something that God could possibly be teaching me from. Pain is discipline and it's a trust and understanding that God is training me. And back to that point of just not caring about a lot or, you know, everything being life or death is understanding that God's in control. And that's because of the discipline to be in his word and see that his resume like if you look at the Bible and you look at the biblical truth and you look at what he's done for others, his resume is off the charts like he's good for it. You, you understand that the training that he's trying to do for you can be some amazing products or it can be some amazing results from it. You have the freedom to forgive and not be bitter and to be at peace. And another discipline of Christianity that most people aren't going to understand or, or they actually can't understand if they're not a Christian is the discipline to go to God and get guidance for him. That allows the freedom in, in how I move. You know how easy it is to be anxious about what should I do next? What's the next step I should take in life? Should I go there? Should I do this? Yeah, that's that's stressful. That's that's draining. But another one that I have is I have the freedom to love and to accept love. And I bet you if you think hard or you probably don't even have to think that hard, you can think of someone in your life or someone that, you know, who just can't accept love. And they definitely can't accept it from certain places. And I think that comes from a discipline to build a relationship with God and see how God is love. If you don't understand God's love and you don't see that God is love. It is very, very hard to accept love, especially from certain places. Okay, the next one. And I think even Christians struggle with this, but this is something that everyone wants. Everyone wants the freedom to be happy or to be peaceful. But but even Christians, as Christians, we struggle with this because we aren't disciplined to avoid envy or comparing or coveting. And that's one of the reasons why God gave those commandments about Do not covet, do not envy, do not be jealous, do not take from someone else. Now, I paraphrase those two. Those weren't like exact commandments. But when you understand and trust the discipline, the discipline is the rules and the rules rules equal the freedom to to make decisions like the freedom to to stand for what's right. It's the freedom to get out the way of wrong. It's the freedom to avoid the microwave truths 
of you have the freedom to figure out right or wrong on your own. Because if you feel like you can figure out right or wrong on your own, that's going to leave you looking stupid in the history books. And this is a thought to give you perspective. People in prison or jail, they were chasing some type of freedom or they thought they had more freedom to do whatever they wanted to than they actually did. And a lot of times they were chasing a lifestyle of freedom, which ended up costing them their freedom. First Corinthians 10 verse 23 says this. It says, I have the right to do anything. You and I have the right to do anything. But it goes on to say this. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. The freedoms you say you really want. Are you applying the right discipline? Are you applying any discipline? The freedoms you have, are you protecting them? Are you appreciating them? The freedom that God is offering to not worry because he is in control. The freedom to not be ashamed of your past because of the forgiveness he's granted you. The freedom to not fear death because he's paid our penalty. You know how many people are terrified to die and don't have a clue what's happening to them? The freedom to live a life of love because he loves you and I so much. The freedom to be the best version of yourself through Christ. That's made so clear. It's made so clear when you embrace and accept God's discipline. That's a discipline that he's provided in your life, even if the discipline has some type of pain. Because you can trust it's there to help you. It's there to help you grow. When you can search for discipline from Christ, praise God. Praise him. Because you know, you know you can't have true freedom without Christ. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of No Discipline, No Freedom. And remember, a person who sees discipline as a restraint to their freedom is a person who will ultimately limit and rob themselves many freedoms of life. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.